Hey everybody, welcome to Side Scrolls, your weekly gaming podcast where we talk about the games we love and everything surrounding them. I'm your host, Robert Schlofke, and joining me as always is the Otacon to my solid snake, Andre Da Silva. I totally remember who Otacon was now. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad. Uh, so, how's, every, how's everything been with you since the two days since we've recorded? It's been a long two days, I'm not going to lie, but... Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm psyched to be here and record a show on schedule uh, with our uh, very special guest slash co-host, uh, which I will let you announce. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm psyched. Pretty good. Yeah, I've, uh, it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks or rough couple of days too because my dog got skunked the other day from my uh, dog walk at night. So it happened like right when everybody went to sleep and it was like 1030 at night and I, I just walk out for like 10 minutes and then the dog just chases something, winds up getting skunked. The skunk was like five feet away so I wasn't quick enough to hold the leash and it was a disaster at home. My wife was starting to kick me and the dog out at that point. but Nice. Luckily, I was able to clean them up. I I looked online. I used uh, I didn't use tomato sauce, but I got this chemical concoction that worked really well, and it only took me about forty minutes in uh, thirty degree weather outside to uh, get that stink off. Wow, that's about that's thirty nine more minutes than I would have used my dog. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? This is not a dog washing podcast. This is a gaming podcast where we like to talk about our games. And today we have a special guest or new new co-host guest that we want to inter- introduce to you. So uh, we've known him for a long time, as much as long as we've known uh, Heidi, as a matter of fact. Uh, so I want everybody to say hi to Christian. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hi, Christian. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that was. So yeah. So thank you for coming along, Christian. Uh, did you uh, want to introduce yourself or say uh, anything in particular? No, I mean, no. I mean, I've known anybody I've, should know. I've known you guys for a while, and we've all like done every uh, all kinds of video games and everything from tabletop to video games to you know Dance Dance Revolution. So it's awesome to be talking about this stuff with you guys. Yeah, like I know I'm I'm really happy both you and Heidi decided to uh, join us and yeah. this little adventure. We appreciate it for sure. No, thanks, thanks for having me. Hey, man, it's our pleasure. But with you coming back, we also have another set of uh, introductory questions for you. So I'm bringing back the game uh, Binary Blast. So I've got 11 questions for you to uh, answer real quick. Uh, I, I know you listened to the first podcast, so you kind of know what it's about. But basically, I'm going to give you two choices in a rapid-fire format, and you just have to answer them as, as soon as you think of right. an answer. It's just two two questions, two, or two answers you pick. You, got you, it. you do have to score at least an 80% to keep 80%. going. 80%. <laughs> All I know is yeah. Salma Hayek yeah. is never the wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, all right. So... We'll start off real quick with the first question. It's uh, Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI? Uh, uh, Final Fantasy... No, Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Oh, thank okay. God. <laughs> okay. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Jackie Chan or Jet Li? Uh, Jackie Chan for sure. Yeah, come on. Rush Hour or Shanghai Nights? Uh, Shanghai Nights. I thought you'd go with Rush I Hour. I know. <laughs> There's a one part in the... Uh, not, it, just, it gets me every time. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, shampoo and conditioner two in one or shampoo and conditioner separate? Oh, two in one. 
I don't got time for that. No, yeah. <laughs> or hair for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Tris Marigold or Yennefer? Uh, neither. What are we talking about here? Personality, body, or what? <laughs> special powers? Oh, God. Uh, Tris Marigold. Yeah. Thank uh, God, yeah. <laughs> okay, cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. Bacon or sausage? Come Bacon. On. Yeah, come on. Okay, Platinum or Capcom? Uh, Capcom. Okay, Dragon Ball or Naruto? Naruto. Oh, yeah. And Castlevania or Metroid? Ah, oh, that's, that's a tough one. I'm going to go Castlevania. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, <laughs> no, I kind of agree with that. I, I actually... compiled your score here. It's a solid <laughs> 89. <laughs> 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 That was, that, was, that, that was a close one. Yeah, but, the, uh, the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I hope you, I hope you had fun doing that. Uh, but yeah, we kind of kind of want to try and get these transitions in a little bit brisker pace. So we kind of want to just head right on in into the news. All right, Let's that sounds good to you guys. What's news? Let's start off with uh, I I believe this is no shock to anybody, but Bioware has said they are not done with Mass Effect. Yeah, no way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could not leave off with Andromeda as your last Mass Effect. <laughs> okay, okay. So I know this is going to sound like blasphemy and everything like that. I have not played any Mass Effect game except Andromeda. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, like, what, what was it that made you just either jump on board and on Andromeda or not play the other? Well, I mean, okay. Like, honestly, the for Mass Effect, it's just I didn't have an Xbox. And then when uh... the whole thing came out for PlayStation, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna buy it. And then I heard about this controversial ending, and oh, and the yeah, ending, yeah. yeah, the ending just really, really kind of <sighs> cooled me off. So yeah. then, no. so then I heard about Andromeda, which is completely separate. You know, yeah. it takes place in the same mm-hmm. universe. I'm like, okay, so I have no idea what's going on with Mass Effect yeah. one, two, or three. So let me just jump in here, and uh, yeah, that's how I started. Well, so how did you like that though? I mean, I like everyone talks about the gameplay. I was, I mean, I not knowing anything about any other games, I was actually all for it. I enjoyed the game a lot, you know. Yeah. So, okay, so a question I had for you is when did you play? Did you play it on release? Yes, I actually did. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, that's that's pretty interesting. Right. Uh, just because that's when they, I guess everybody had complained about it before, like all the glitches and, and stuff, and that's when they had like a big patch afterwards. So I, mean, I wasn't quite sure. It's, yeah. It's, it really isn't a bad game. It, I think it's. I think you're in a unique position there because a lot of the gripe and the bitterness with that game was the fact that, you know, if you're a fan of Mass Effect, you have some expectations based on the previous products, and it was just like a real, like, letdown, a really big wasted opportunity. You know, I, I feel like most fans felt that way. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I read about, and, um, you know, like, I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. I mean, I understand that because I have that with certain games and certain you know, yeah. TV shows or whatever, but right. being able to do it standalone and, and play it on its own merits, just that, like I was, I was okay with yeah. it. And it, it, did, it, it actually, right. And it made, <laughs> it made me want to go and play Mass Effect, even though I know the ending is going to apparently going to make me uh, a little upset. So, yeah. yeah. And so, like I said, just, just to kind of bring it back to this, I, I think the big thing why it seems like they had to announce this is the fact that everybody with Anthem coming out and everybody's starting to get worried about, oh, all their games going to be uh, games for services. Yeah. They just want to kind of reassure people that, you know, despite the problems with Anthem, or not Anthem, but with uh, 
Mass Effect Andromeda and how disappointing that was that they are still looking forward to their two major franchises. Because they didn't say it was just uh, 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 Mass Effect, but it was also going to be Dragon Age. But we knew it was going to be Dragon Age anyways because in the Game Awards last year, they had that teaser for the new Dragon Age. Yeah, definitely. And... And listen, I'm not going to tell you if you should play Mass Effect, uh, the trilogy. I mean, you should, but I have a feeling after Heidi hears this, she is going to uh, lecture you on why you should have played the, th- the, the trilogy. So I'm, I'm tasking that on her. So good luck with that. <laughs> oh, we already so, had a conversation. <laughs> so just a quick nugget here. I, so there was an article last week on PC Gamer, uh, Samuel Roberts, uh, where talking about this theory that Anthem and Mass Effect take place in the same universe that I thought was really interesting. Really? Uh, so you'll have to send me a link later and maybe we can talk about that in like Quest after we play the game a little bit. Yep. But uh, besides that, we're going to move quickly on to uh, System Shock. Now, we haven't seen a System Shock game in... When was too System long. Shock 2? Too long. I mean, no, game was that, was, that was like, yeah. I want to say it was like 97. Kickstarter, or was, it was, in the 90s Kickstarter was supposed to bring it back. They were supposed to do it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I forgot. But I thought it was going to be a re-release of the first one. But anyways, Starbreeze Studios had the rights to System Shock. And they had announced that they were making a System Shock game. And well... I don't know if you guys had followed the whole kerfuffle over at Starbreeze where it basically got raided uh, for insider trading yeah. and like the uh, the CEO got arrested yeah. and uh, a couple other people. Well, uh, so they're going through a few hard times right now. And one of the things they decided to do, I guess, is uh, let go of the System Shock franchise. And they decided to, they announced that they had sold it back to the uh, original developers, uh, Other Side Entertainment, which they bought it from. Right. And uh, like I said, I don't think there's much to say. We just, it's it's another thing that, okay, there's uh, there's another company that is messing up and they're liquidating it just seems like every i'm not actually surprised that uh thq nordic didn't pick this up oh yeah they're buying so i don't know if it was in like a contract clause where it was you know if they were going to get rid of it they got like first bid on it right and, uh, right i'm glad and listen so long as they they do something with the franchise because you know i'm i think if i if i'm not mistaken Deus Ex Machina was uh, like a spiritual success—I can't even say that word—successor, <laughs> successor to uh, System Shock because it was pretty much made by the same people. Yeah, Spectre absolutely. And, yeah, uh, and that's the thing too. Like, System Shock was like the progenitor to like all these games, like with with choices yeah. and their 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 user interface and their gameplay and. Yeah, know. and it definitely like it was, it really. It almost defined a whole new genre of the first-person RPG because that's yeah. basically what it was. Yeah, I mean, the Elder Scrolls uh, games, you know, Skyrim's of Life and all that. I mean, the, that system that you have where you're a first-person perspective character and the world is, like, rich and you can interact with everything, like you go into a little tavern or room or whatever, and you, there's, like, an apple on the table. You can actually pick it up or move for whatever reason. Like, things are more, you know, like, I guess, lifelike. That was something that Bioshock built, uh well, not Bioshock, excuse me, sorry, uh, System Shock. Um, and Deals X, the first one, was definitely heavily influenced by that as well. And it's still an amazing game to this day. It's a really great game, yeah. Yeah, yeah and like I said, I, I hope we do get to see System Shock because, again, because that was like, not only was it an RPG, but it had that very, like, 
space station horror you know it just seemed like yeah. it, it mixed so many things at the time that you didn't think it would work well and it like kind of made like a, almost like a perfect game and it's definitely a uh, definitely a uh, classic yeah it's it's just good news you know the, the, uh, my only my, uh, my only hope is Starbreeze is still holds the publishing rights to uh, Psychonauts too, which <laughs> I I just hope they get that out because that, that's been something that since the first one came out, uh, Double Fine or Tim Schafer has been wanting to put that out, and there's been fans that have been asking that for years, and I just I hope it doesn't get put in the trash can for like the twelfth time. So oh yeah, it's, it's holding hands with System Shock right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next, we're going to kind of just move right along into the biggest news we have, which is, you know, this last week, I think it was uh, Thursday, we had that huge Nintendo Direct. Oh, yeah. Now, I know you guys all, <laughs> I know you guys all watched it, or I hope you guys watched it. Uh, and we're just going to kind of talk about some of the games that are going to be released. Yeah. I skipped through it. I know, I, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much your uh, uh, modus op- operandum, so... Uh, that that's fine. Uh, we just want to go quickly and, and talk about some of these games that are going to come out uh, that either they caught our eye or, you know, because I think I'm I'm the only one with the Switch right now, aren't I? You two don't have the Switch? No, I'm I'm working well, on it because it's I thought about seen, yeah I thought about buying it, but then I was like, it's just not for me. I thought it was one ninety nine to be honest, and I was like, okay, maybe, but it's actually two ninety nine. And yeah, but not... man, like it is. I, I I guess, but I have a feeling if you got it, like, I mean, I I don't know because I, I can't like peg you down for anything as far as what you're gonna like or not like. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no games but... on it right now that I would like buy to play it. The, the one game that's coming out, which is the X Men, like a Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, that's gonna be like the first exclusive for the Switch that actually makes me like kind of bat an eye. Like, hey, maybe I, you know. There's something in there, but like right now, there's just nothing for me to really play on it. So, yeah, so which is fine. Like I, I don't know because I think there's like there's a lot of indie games, and I just think the portability of it. Like you may not like see something right now, or but if you like skim the nail, like a lot of like really good PC games that don't work well with like keyboard and mouse really work well on the. Um, the switch but this is it's not my job to sell you on the switch and uh, <laughs> i think i gave that up a little while ago but you know if you do get an opportunity i i, I wish you would get in we could play games like smash brothers yeah, and overcooked and stuff online i'm definitely interested in the switch you know like nintendo i mean i've you know nintendo has been like for all intents and purposes i mean it's one of the best platforms and best gaming companies out there and it's like that for a reason and the fact that they're doing things like original you know they're doing new things with their with their with their systems as opposed to like, of course I love PlayStation and, and Xbox and everything, but you know Nintendo they stand out because they do things differently, and, yeah. and, and you know you you got, you got to give them credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's I'm gonna I'm gonna trim this down a little bit, like because there were there were a couple games that like we don't really play. Uh, like they we had known about Yoshi's Crafted World for a while. They'd given it a uh, a June release date. And I, I've, even though I'm like, I, I've always liked the Yoshi games, but the only one I really, really thought was great was the uh, original SNES, the Super Mario World 2. Oh, right. Uh, er, mm. Everything else had been kind of like, uh, <clears throat> almost like Kirby, where it's really uh, like easy. Like the challenge just isn't there for the most part. So it's kind of like turned me off because if I'm going to play like a puzzle 
or a platformer, then I really need that like challenge of, uh, you know, difficult levels and stuff. So, but that got released. That's, or I'll probably play it or at least try it with my kids, uh, you know, with the easy difficulty and usually the, it's very pleasing on the eyes for kids. And it's, it's pretty neat concept of like, uh, like cardboard backgrounds and like a yarn Yoshi again. Uh, then we have Mario maker two, like, Mario Maker 2, like, I don't know if you guys even played a little bit of the first one, no. but it seems everybody really likes the uh, the crafted, like, Minecraft and stuff, and everybody had always wanted, like, a Mario Maker, and they finally decided to uh, release a sequel, because the first one was done on the Wii, the Wii U, where you could kind of, like, it was like a dual screen where you could uh, make levels through your through your tablet that you had with the Wii U and so and and it was a lot of fun like a lot of player created uh content like um like little big planet so but this is just kind of like bigger and better like basically it's infinite Mario levels and if you like that type of type platforming like I do then you'll definitely dig that yeah everything uh, I saw uh I saw the the gameplay and everything they it looks really interesting, and I—I I, I don't know. I, me personally, I would—I would be terrible at creating a level. Yeah. But just like, yeah. But being able to play like everyone else's levels and that they've created would be really, really um, appealing. Yeah, and it's cool because like they added certain things from the first one, like, uh, uh, like the sun in Mario Three that they couldn't put in because you know it's that one that kind of like chases you around and like all the like desert levels and stuff. Oh yeah. Or like sliding, and one thing that's always cool for the most part, like unless they use a specific item, like you could change the levels from like the eight bit Mario all the way up to the like sixty four or the uh, the uh, GameCube, not GameCube, the uh, Nintendo Wii Super Super Mario Brothers uh, graphic style, which is like a flick of a button, and you could play the the same level exactly the same way, but with just those different. Uh, 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 graphic levels. That's pretty, so it's cool. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I liked it a lot, and uh, I definitely would love to play more of these. Again, I'm not a creator when it comes to these like Mario levels, but it seems like everybody at a certain point, everybody winds up just making these levels that are like balls to the walls, like you Impossible. move one step, and yeah. then yeah, and and one thing that they do in, in these is you can uh, you have to beat a level or in order to like post it. So they're they're doable, but also like some of these are like superly super well crafted to basically be not. That oh, I know fun. that. So like you make a level and you actually have to play and like beat it before you. So you can't like make a broken thing and then share it. Correct. It's oh, not. Yeah, cool. you have to be able to beat that. And I think some people can cheese the system that way, certain ways, in order to release oh, their sure. levels. Yeah. But but for the most part, uh, I mean, I think that is a, like a really good deterrent in order to have these levels that are absolutely impossible. Yeah. But I guess to me, like the 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 one game that I am most excited about by far in this whole. Well, I don't know because there's two here that really are like that I want to play right off the bat is uh, Fire Emblem: The Three Houses. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Now we had talked about this before. That did you? Have you played any Fire Emblems? I played the original for Super Nintendo, and it was one oh, of really? my favorite favorite games. I'm surprised you haven't played any since, like, because yeah. well, I, I, I think I don't so blame it though, because it it's good to see this game coming out on the Switch, but I feel mm-hmm. like Nintendo really like 
I mean, it's great that they came out in like the Game Boys of Life and stuff, but like mm-hmm. the reason why I only play the uh, was it like uh, Radiance and uh, Argent? You mean Radiant Dawn? Radiant Dawn, yeah. Is because it was like an actual like main system game. It was like a triple A game on the GameCube and the, on the um, on the Wii. Um, yeah. Like all, the, all the like like major titles for the series coming out on, on like console or portables for me was like a turnoff. It's like this is not for. I always saw like this is not like the real game. This is just like a, you know the portable version or whatever. Right, and like the fact that they had like they would have things like oh yeah you need to have this uh you know this portable game to get this level or to get this part of the story i'm like okay if you could do that that's great but i was happy enough with what i had so you know well yeah i mean that's the because it's funny because i all three of us kind of came into this series at different points like andre you really got into it in the uh, like gamecube one right like uh, that's what you said like R- uh, radiant dawn that's amazing and then chris Christian played the Super NES one. I didn't even like this series or get into it until like the the DS games. <laughs> and I know you like I love those games. Like I really got hooked. I, the stories were great. Yeah, they wasn't like I don't know the like they didn't have like big bombastic like cutscenes or stuff, but they still had like really nice, uh, really good like opening and closing cutscenes. Uh, and I just I liked the. It, well, I guess we haven't even said what this game is about, but it's it's just basically like a tactical uh, war game where you know you go into like a map uh, and you fight like the it's typically like an army like a tactical game. Yeah, it's a fire emblem, like game. a grid based. Yeah, so um, it's similar to uh, we had talked about Into the Breach a little. Final Fantasy Tactics, as far, right? Yeah. yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics for sure. Was a well so, but this game. It's like I'm super pumped because one, you're right. It's it's got that big console flair to it. I guess mm-hmm. it looks like super well done. Triple A, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say triple triple A, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's basically like uh, you know you're a teacher in a school and you teach these th- three countries, which is weird. Uh, or students from these three countries, all the leaders in there, because it's always been about like strife and all the countries have been pitted against each other for the most part in these uh, past Fire Emblem games. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do the story when pretty much everybody's allied and uh, there's no big fighting going on. Yeah. Right. It's funny, like the, the thing that, that hooked me, I mean, besides being Fire Emblem, what hooked me was they were, <laughs> they were, they were describing it as Harry Potter meets Fire Emblem. Of course. Yeah. And, and it's weird though because it's like, you know, in order to like learn axes, you actually have to go to like an axes class yeah. and and get skills through that. So I'm I'm really excited, and this is one of the few games I'm outright going to like purchase like the day it comes out. Like I'm not like waiting for it or getting it through GameFly or anything. I just want to see. Just... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go I, ahead. I just, I just want to see what like the Fire Emblem equivalent of the Sorting Hat is. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's the biggest game there. But the other one that I really, really am excited about is uh, Legend of Zelda: A Link's Awakening. <laughs> I, 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 you, you are so like, <laughs> like so like disregarding like like games. I feel like you just say Nintendo, and like Andre's eyes start to glass over. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's pretty accurate. <laughs> like, uh, so, just, so my understanding though is that that is the same exact game, but 
made it like with cutesy, like actual modernized 3D environment, right? Yeah, I mean, it is a remake, is what it is. <laughs> uh, but I don't see why it's bad. I mean, this this game originally came out on the original, original. meatloaf sized Game Boy. Yeah, because I, I mean, I saw the video and I just don't think like a game that came on the Game Boy in like 1990 or whatever, however when when that was. Uh, like the gameplay has to have evolved. Like for me, it, it can't just be like a repaint with like newer graphics. That old of gameplay is kind of like, you know, for me, a little outdated. Like I want a little more complexity to it. And I don't have, I don't have like that burning like nostalgia for it, which I'm sure you do, or fans that played it yeah. think they do. That's a huge motivator, and I'm sure Nintendo's banking hard on it. So for somebody that doesn't have that, for me, it's kind of like, eh. You know, okay, looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess I could understand that, in a, in a, you know, somewhat. But like, F- Link's Awakening is one of my like, it's probably my second favorite or my favorite Link's uh, Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. Like, I just I, I loved it. I like the story. The story is really unique to the uh, Legend of Zelda series. And I just realized that when thinking about this, is my two favorite. Legend of Zelda games are Link's Awakening and uh, Majora's Mask. Uh, and no love for Link of the them, Past? I mean, I love it, but it's not my favorite. Like, compared to this, the, uh, those two, like, I just like these better, and I like the story more in these, because it's both of them are similar in a way that they, they don't have anything to do with Zelda at all. Like, she's not even in it. It's really about uh, Link having to, like, come... Yeah, coming through like a uh, like internal Struggle. grief or yeah something that he's he's trying to get through. So, and Link's Awakening, like I can see why one like you you don't feel any nostalgia for it or yeah. for it, but Link's Awakening is like you saying that the gameplay needs to evolve. I I think on my in my opinion it doesn't because it was it was a tight game then. It's just like saying Link's Link's. Uh, a link to the past needs to evolve from what it was like to play it again. Like I wouldn't like I could play links uh, link to the past no problem, and and still love it and I think it's still a great game and it's it's similar to that and actually with the way the switch is going to work, there will be a lot of gameplay improvements because before like in Link's Awakening you could you could only have like two items attached to your to your. Uh, controls because you just had the a and b button Uh so like all the items you had you had to like switch between your sword and your shield and your weapons just just to use them well now you have like what like the eight buttons on there so it's gonna the controls are gonna be a lot better for the the game the story is really good for link's awakening and you have to also realize like even if you don't have nostalgia for it people that do have nostalgia for it and that game came out like 20 years ago yeah uh, so there's a lot of people that love Zelda that grew up with, say, like uh, this new one, and they want to play an older style Zelda uh, that have never played it, and then they could play this one for the first time too. So yeah. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for people to get their hands on it, and uh, it looks beautiful in my opinion. I love the art style, and I just I can't wait to play it. We know at least one other person who's super psyched. Play Zelda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I guess which ones do you guys want to talk about in here? Because I I said the ones uh, I want to. Uh, I mean, I already talked about Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, which was like 
a huge shocker for me. Like I was just thinking, or I was talking to you not too long ago about how much of a disappointment that whole like online uh, Marvel game was. What was that? What's it called? Oh yeah, like the Diablo Marvel. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot the name of it. But it was like the spiritual successor. It was like the next big thing. Yeah. And all I really ever wanted was like a new Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you know, game. So I guess I'm getting it. But it's coming out on the Switch, so I guess uh, we'll see. <laughs> there's, uh, I just feel like there's nothing wrong with it coming out on the Switch. No, like, there isn't. I mean, I don't have, I don't have a Switch. Yeah, I know. And like I said, like, and I'm actually kind of like, I'm not lukewarm about. It. Like, I love the original Marvel vs. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance one and two. Like, I have them on my GameCube. But I, they haven't announced all the characters, and it basically looks like it's just like all of like the Guardians of the Galaxy and like the Avengers. Uh, but before they used to have like I don't know, like fifty or sixty people in it. Yeah, you so had you had I, characters that you know only if you were like a real comic book fan, you'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe they had you know I don't know nineteen seventy two uh, Ghost Rider there or something. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, and I, and I don't see like Nightcrawler. Or Nightcrawler is like my go to for any like Marvel game. So hopefully they put them in there, and then I'll uh, I'll be like super excited. Yeah, so there's the merger, that. And then, the merger almost complete. Fox and Marvel are almost united. Yeah, they're getting close. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wolverine was in it. So, um, but I, the only other game on that list that I want to mention is Dragon Quest Builders Two. Obviously, I play Dragon Quest Builders One, and my kids are like addicted to it. Like, when I drive my kids to school in the morning, I ask them sometimes to let them listen to music, and Every day, what they want to listen to first is the theme song to Dragon Quest Builders 1. Well, I mean, that's it a great theme it song. Is. It's like basically the, the theme song to the original yes. Dragon Quest. But, you know, I showed a video of Dragon Quest Builders 2 because it's like one of the first. There have been a lot of videos in YouTube about the game, but they're all like in the Japanese version. And I just saw like the first uh, English release video that came out. And uh, it was posted on the PlayStation official channel, YouTube. And I showed it to my four-year-old and i think that was like earlier this week and like every day this week he's like dad i won't drag us with the zoo for my birthday so my thing though is i have a ps4 we play the first one on the ps4 <laughs> unless there's cross play i don't see myself buying a switch just to buy it on the switch i'm gonna buy it so we'll see yeah and uh Listen, I I haven't I've seen you play. We we wound up getting the uh, the first one at a GameStop. Like we were looking for something, you got yeah. it there. And I played it, and I want to play more of it's it. It's so good. And you know what? The only thing that seems to me that would make Dragon Quest, you know, Builders or Builders Two better is if it was portable. And you know where it can be portable? On the toilet. On the Switch. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, you want? Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm like I'm ready for it, and I definitely am going to get into it. I played a little bit of like I actually am kind of starting Dragon Quest uh, Dragon Quest Eleven right now, and, right. and actually I didn't put that in the show notes, but I'm like I'm gonna probably bring it up in our main quest today about like there's going to be, there's a new they just announced that that they're releasing Dragon Quest Eleven on. Uh, the switch as well and that's going to come out like september or later this year there's no exact date for it but i'm a little miffed about it because they're going to add new content of course they are and of i course. and i have like i have it on my ps4 so I, right now i'm kind of i don't even know if i want to play it on my ps4 yeah. because i i want to play that new content too but we'll see other than that like 
I think there. I I think it would be remiss to say that. Listen, there's there's finally a battle royale that I am actually interested in trying, which is Tetris ninety nine. <laughs> uh, and I can I can already hear the deep sighs and like. Right, what's, what's the voice. sound effect for rolling your eyes? <laughs> is there one? Yeah. But listen, like I love Tetris. Tetris is a fun game and. If I'm going to have to like play like a basic ass Tetris, which is really good, then why not try and be better than 98 other people that are playing it? So, but there's not much more to say about it, to be honest. As long as, as, long as I don't hear the 98 other people talking while play yeah. is going on, then I'm fine. Yeah, I'll, I'd give it a try because Tetris, yeah, Tetris is always, it's always good. I will buy it for yeah. 99 cents when it goes on sale. But. Well, good news for you because it is absolutely free. Then I will oh. definitely, definitely try it. <laughs> well, once you once you get a switch, when it goes on sale for like, I don't know. I think at this point somebody's just gonna have to give you a switch in order for you to get one. <laughs> Wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty much it for our news, guys. Uh, like I said, it's pretty light. We like to try and keep it light right now for us. Um, and we're going to just move right on to uh, mistakes we've made. Uh, and it looks like this is one I made last week. That's but, uh, right. So we're going to go we're, we're gonna go into the, our, our section, Oops, We Done Goofed Up Information. This week. So moving right. This week I am on the road. Uh, so I'm in a yeah. hotel room and I forgot my bell. I have a authentic <laughs> Game of Thrones shame bell that I was going to just go, you know, shame and and bell you. But so it's a quick, it's a quick one. So we talked about wow stuff last episode uh which feels like it was just yesterday um and we said that sylvanas started the war between the horde and lions there's actually a book written by christy christy golden right yes yeah. she pretty yeah it, yeah she pretty much right read like makes every like book like interstitial between like yeah and, stuff. and she was actually hired to be part of the like uh, actual writing staff for the game now so she like since uh, BFA, she's been working on the story development for the game itself. But anyways, um, there was a book released, uh, which I got the audiobook for. Um, and uh, basically what ends up happening in the game is, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, so there's a human person, who's I'm not going to get into names, that lives in uh, Stormwind. And she like has like family that she knows. Uh, they were in Lordaeron one Arthas turning everybody into undead, uh, and she basically wants to like reconnect with her family because she thinks they may still be there, but just undead, right? And it's like this big controversial thing because for the humans, the undead are like monsters, and you know, screw them or whatever. But they're actually like sentient beings. They remember who they were. They were like the same people. They're just, you know, they smell funny, you know, and maybe they have uh, they're missing a few appendages, you know. Um, Isn't in the book that they smell funny? Well, you know what I'm saying. They're zombies. I mean, like, they're undead, right? Okay. But they're the same people. Um, so she, she like, eventually convinces Anduin to uh, basically have this meeting uh, in Arathi um, where, like, the undead is family members and they're separated, you know, like, like human, like, living uh, relatives. They get to meet, and it's this huge, like, risk that they're taking because um, the people that, are part of this meeting from the undead side. Uh, they were also part of like this self, uh, self-proclaimed self government in another city that Sylvanas is not very happy about. 
Um, but anyways, during the meeting, the human lady like convinces them to defect and like run towards the alliance side and like basically leave like a horde to join the alliance. And it's seen like as an act of treason. And they, there's like Suvana kills all the undead, and then basically that's what like sparks the, the fight. Like that's what kicks off the war. Um, so you know she didn't exactly start it. Uh, if you really read the book, it's Anduin's fault and this other lady's fault, and not a huge spoiler because it's kind of common knowledge now but she becomes like she dies um i'm not dying i don't remember her name but anyways she comes back to life as like an undead but of the light she's like a new type of forsaken like a light forsaken which is sort of speculation that that's going to be an allied race in the future for the uh the alliance to have uh actual undead but they look pretty and stuff <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, I think I think now we need to get some smelling salt to get uh, Christian out of his coma that we just put him in, uh, just for that information. Because I'm sure he you can't go in a coma in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm just, just going to uh, say I'm going to say Nintendo <laughs> to Andre. See what happens. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But so that, that's pretty much it as far as the misinformation that we put in that Andre was super excited to tell me how I was wrong and why I was wrong. <laughs> yep, I sure was. But uh, now we're just going to kind of get right into it in uh, the games we've been playing. Uh, I want to start off, let's see, uh, Christian, let's start off with you with like, since you're the, the guest, we can start off with the first game I have down here, so... Tell me about Far Cry 5. All right, so Far Cry 5 is, you know, it's, it's the fifth game in the series, obviously. Um, it's a departure because the first, uh, the, the, the previous Far Cry games took place in the wild. And uh, this one actually took place in the Bible Belt, like Bible Belt America. So Yeah, uh, Mon- Mon- Montana, Montana, right? Montana, exactly. So it's kind of cool because, you know, you got to see, I mean, you're, you're interacting with, you know, with country folk as it were and things like that and you were like going against like a a, a cult a doomsday cult as it were and uh i mean like i really enjoyed the game because if you, if you liked all the other far cry games you'll enjoy this one uh unfortunately for me though like it's it kind of goes the way of other far cry games where the ending is where things kind of fall off or, or go go in a direction that that doesn't like leave you with the best taste in your mouth so uh, really like i mean i've heard some things about it but like as far as like the gameplay like did you like the changes that because there's a couple things that they changed from this one from the fourth one right like you have like companions now yeah or, or is it pretty much just like the same i game mean truth, yeah should be told it was if i had to if, if i had to like say like uh, did it change that much i mean it, it, it's still essentially a far cry game like the the, the, a couple of bells and whistles to add, add your companions and, and, and the fact that you could customize your character for the first time. It added a little bit to it, but essentially you were playing the same kind of game. You played it more for the story. And the story was compelling. It's just at the end, it, it didn't take you to a play. It didn't, it didn't leave me with a, with, a, with a positive feeling at the end of the game. Well, I mean, are you going to play the, the new one, New Dawn, that just released? Uh, I might. I might. Um, just maybe like uh, you know when it goes on sale or something like that because like I've I'm already I'm kind of good with the way the game ended and I don't really need to revisit like that particular story and it's, I know it's a new character uh, and everything like that yeah. so if anything if it was well, if it was I, the same character I might actually be a little bit more uh, into it because I'm like okay let me see where my character went after all this after the end of the of Far Cry Five but seeing how it's a whole new story it, it actually kind of turns me away from it. 
And honestly, I wonder if like there's an Easter egg where you are going to interact with your original character. So, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be like the one you created, but like the the proxy, right? Him is yeah, like the protagonist, uh, like yeah, the protagonist of the, of that game. Uh, because it is it is the first time like it's a like a direct sequel to yeah, and that that is appealing, but you know, first one. If it was if it was my character or that the, the original protagonist, that would be that would be more interesting to me. But you know, maybe now. When you when you play Far Cry uh, or any of these games, did you kind of like try and do like everything that you could? Like, were you doing all the outposts and uh, just all the side stuff? Were you getting all the alligator skins so you can make the the wallets bigger Ab- or whatnot? Or do you just kind of like mainstream? Mainline oh no, games? absolutely. When I play a game like that, especially like I, I open world open world games um, like that where there's a lot of side quests. I know like I, I was hearing you talk about it a couple of, a couple of episodes ago about how it could be a little bit overwhelming and intimidating. And I get that for sure. Uh, but with me, whenever I get to that new section, I just, whatever new side quest pops up, I'm like, all right, I know where you are. Let me just finish the one I'm on <laughs> and just go, go methodically that way. Uh, it takes forever, but it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely get yeah. the most out of the game. I think. And, and and I can't like to cry like it's good especially like listen when when I was a kid or you know when we were younger and I had like a whole summer to myself like I would like love games where I could spend like you know a sixty dollar game but it would last me like three hundred hours I mean at at that point you want absolutely them. but like for me right now it's kind of like you know with the two kids and you know my wife and us having to do stuff all the time like just those that those extra things kind of overwhelm me a bit but i'm really glad like you, you enjoyed it though yeah and I, I to be honest i the story like the premise seems really interesting because it's like a lot more close to you know what we're used to you know in america as far as like you know montana and like colts and stuff that's kind of been in the news in the last like 40 years or so so but did you like the story a lot i did i know you like said, said you like, liked like, like 90 90 percent of the story was i was out and I was happy with the way it was going, and then that that final stretch is where just like literally the last the last you know fifteen minutes of the game. I'm just like, oh, this is where we're gonna go with this. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, well, I'm glad. Like, I, w- I want to get it. I put it on my queue in uh, GameFly to see if I get that soon, so I can check it out. Uh, just because I- I'm definitely interested in like the more like RPG things that they added to the game. Like, uh, you know, I know there's leveling now, and the fact that you have your companions that you get put skill points into and stuff. I, I want to try. Yeah, it's worth a play for sure. But yeah, so Andre, tell me. I know you said you you had a couple quick games real quick. Yeah, you wanna yeah. Go so through. you want to. Well, so I started playing it a time, but it, I've always wanted to play it, and I caught it, and I couldn't say no to it, so I got Crypt of the Necrodancer, uh, which I think is awesome. I know it's a roguelike, but uh, for me, it's like the perfect game that you don't have to commit to. Like You mm-hmm. just jump on. You know, you may be playing something else. Cause I'm not sure about you guys, but like for me, for example... When I'm really committed to a game, let's say like The Witcher 3, whatever, or WoW, whatever, like I will purposely avoid other games that I know are going to get me hooked uh, because I'm enjoying this game and I'm fine with this game and I'm beat it or whatever. Uh, so games like this, I'm playing Crypto Necrodancer and Axiom Verge are great for that because you jump in, you have a play session, you have some fun. And then you're done. Like there's not, there's not a whole lot of like 
you know, there's not an epic story or I don't have like a whole side quest or whatever. The, like it's, you don't really tie to it. It's just like a fun, really fun time waster um, that you kind of progress through. So no, I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying Crypto Necrodancer is a rhythm based like dungeon crawler roguelike game um, uh, where your character basically you have like a, like a chess type board scenario, right? Like uh, where your character has to jump basically, you know, up, down, left, and right. No, there's no like diagonal movement. Uh, but you have to do that and your actions all in the bit, beat of a song, like in the, in the rhythm of a song. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and like I had no idea like that it was like that. So I start when I started playing, it was kind of a curve. There's a little, a little bit of a learning curve. On the bottom, they have they give you like a visual reference. Um, you have like a pumping heart, which her the story is her heart was like stolen by like the necrodancer. And she has to like recover it, whatever. The main character is, a, you know, being a heroine, whatever. Uh, and there's these bars that come from left and the right of the screen, and they merge on the. But like basically, whenever they get to the heart, that's when the beat happens. And they give you a little bit of leeway. It can be like close or like right inside of it, but uh, it just gives you like a visual representation of what the beat is. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Like um, for an indie game, I was surprised by how good it is and how uh, polished it is. Um, don't really want to talk a whole lot about it. Um, you, you were you were gonna have a question, Robert, or something you want to say about it? I played it too. I, I've had it for like a while. I, I think I wound up getting it on a humble bundle sale, and I like everything about this game. Actually, I I think it is like a cool concept. I I love. Uh, I like because the reason why you have to stay in beat of everything is everything in the dungeon stays on that beat of like the song so everything is moving off of like a half beat or a like all the monsters kind of have their own movements and their own patterns but it's they all move at the same time and it's in the like classical or not the classical but the uh, original soundtrack for it is uh like very like heavy techno it's like a rave in a way and like all like a lot of the uh panels on the floor they all light up to match like you know like red and blue and stuff like that so it looks it's really wild visually uh, and I think it was like a funny little story, but I tried playing more of it. I have no rhythm <laughs> myself, and mm. the game is you know you have to have. I don't know why I didn't see bit. that when you told me you could play. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the fact that it is a rogue, like I just I don't like the fact that I when I do wind up messing up, I have to start all the way back from the beginning they i mean they have a few things like you can unlock characters and they all play differently and actually i think that one of like the the very first character you unlock is a bard where yeah. it doesn't like you don't have to control like move game, to the yeah. beat yeah but uh but still like I, I mean if i could just honestly listen to the soundtrack and what's cool about it is the they've had a lot of collaboration with other people and so you could use the original soundtrack for it or they have like soundtracks for other like indie games or other like like I think they might have a Shovel Knight one and you can play the dungeon with those movements to that those songs so it's really neat concept and I just I wish I was better at the game because it's one of those things like uh, Mario Tennis where when I play it I just I downright <laughs> am bad at the game like I don't know what it is it's just something about it I, I can't get get it uh, and you know that that's basically me in any rhythm game, but no oh, man, I've seen fun, you like, play DDR. You don't sell yourself, <laughs> yeah. don't sell yourself short on the rhythm. 
well, <laughs> I think I burned any footage I have of that. <laughs> but no, that's cool. Like I, I, I hope to maybe someday I can get back into it. And I, I definitely want you to tell me like when you do beat it, how uh, how many hours you wind up spending on it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure it will be, uh, but it's, I've definitely been having fun. I think I played about three hours so far. Uh, you know, two of which were yesterday or the day before yesterday. So. Um, but the only other thing I'm playing besides WoW, of course, is Action Verge, which is kind of the same vein for me. It's a it's the free offering with the whole uh, Epic um, Game Store uh, promotion they have going on, where they're giving out free games every couple of weeks. Uh, and I was like, you know, I started playing it with a controller, of course, uh, on the PC, and I wasn't expecting much. Uh, it's got this really like subdued, like SNES type graphics. Um, and it has like a real heavy Metroid vibe, of course. Uh, but um, it's really amazing, like what, like proper music, and like kind of simple, but like I guess dark enough, like assets can can make to set up a, a, mood, a setting because it's a really dark, creepy setting. In in actually some of the places I've been to in the game, uh, where I actually had to stop and be like, wow, this is like. This is a sixteen-bit looking game. You have to take a break. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, have you have you seen this at all? Yeah, Christian? I've seen. I've... Yeah, because this is like yeah, a straight yeah. up I, like, I like Metroid. Yeah, like. I, I was like, it went from like a it gave me like a Metroid slash like original Contra feel. And I thought it was yeah, yeah cool. it's definitely. It's I mean, it is. It almost has like the same type of like visuals of like the saves of like Metroid, where something comes down and you get into the little pod and it saves and and. It, it looks, it looks like a little bit better eight bit Metroid. Like it, it's almost in between a sixteen and an eight bit style, but it is looks very difficult and uh, really good. But what I think amazing about this game that I've so much that I've played, I probably played about thirty minutes of it so far. I haven't really got into it that much, but the it's all done. The sound, the programming, the design, everything is done by one guy. Oh wow! Yeah. I mean, it took them like five or six years to make this game. So, uh, but it, it's amazing what you know people can do like now, like indie studios, and how well this came across. Because I definitely got that very like creepy theme out out of it as well. Like, it, there's really like from what I play, like there's this big mystery of you kind of start off and there's like a giant explosion in this lab you're working at, and you presumably die, but you're resurrected by this mysterious omnipotent thing. Uh, and you kind of have to figure out what's going on, like, yeah, uh, and why why you keep getting re- resurrected and stuff. So I definitely want to play more, and I'm probably going to play some more of it in the next couple of uh, weeks uh, too. And so maybe we can have a deep dive discussion in that, comparing it to like other Metroid games or other games we like. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean. <laughs> I didn't mean to like have you guys pause or anything. <laughs> Stun you guys with actually agreeing with Andre for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I know that can throw most people off. Uh, so uh, I have two games I I, I played actually in, in the last like two or three weeks since we really got to talk about a lot of games. I wound up playing and beating two games. Uh, one is Spider Man, and uh, for the PS4. Like, I don't know, like, Christian, have you played this game at all? Because it's been out since, like, September of last yeah, year. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. Uh, I haven't, I actually was, I want to buy it because it's, like, up there. But I've been so caught up in 
Far Cry at the time and then Witcher 3. Uh, but yeah. uh, it, it, the gameplay was amazing and I was really happy with it. So, Like this thing, like because I usually don't like open world games that much. Uh, again, it's that whole thing where there's so much to do and a lot of times they they put stuff in there that's just like busy work that doesn't really mean anything that doesn't add to the story or anything. It's just kind of to go in there and collect things. <clears throat> so I stay away from it. And like I said, in most open world games, you're kind of like, I don't want to say you're like a bad guy, but a lot of times you are this like anti-hero or this guy that'll kind of like do anything and like you can attack anybody. But like Spider-Man is this open world game. It takes place in... Um, like Queens and like Manhattan, I believe. I think Manhattan is is where, where it's cool. But it's basically like, uh, man, I love this game. Like the fluid of like going through like the buildings and being able to like swing and and uh, what was neat how like the you when you swing like your, your spider was if you ever go over a building that there's nothing above it that you can attach your like webbing to, you cannot. You cannot swing on that. It's not like it'll just grab something in the air for for whatever reason and then you, right. you know, you have to have a uh, suspension of disbelief. It is all like really well crafted and the story was just amazing. It's, you know, at this point you're like, Peter Parker's been Spider-Man for about 10 years. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, and he he's kind of working with uh, Dr. Octavius, um, you know, this is kind of like an origin story of uh, Doc Ock in a way. I mean, if you see him and you guys, you two are like partners working on uh, prosthetics for, uh, you know, marine vets and stuff. And so it's not like it's spoiling anything that, you know, Doc, this is kind of like a, a origin story of how Doc Ock becomes in this universe. But they change a few things in it that I really liked as far as the story. And I don't want to spoil too much about it, but there's parts where you uh, play as, Mary Jane and even Miles Morales are are in it too. Right, right. And I just I loved it. I love the uh, you know you were able to unlock uh, just different costumes in the Spider Man universe or Spider yeah from like uh, Noir Spider Man to like a an Iron Man Spider Man suit. And what was cool about it was each each Spider Man suit has an ability that is tied to it that like a special ability that you unlock but once you unlock that suit you also unlock that ability that you can take off of it and you can wear any suit and then put that ability on any suit you've already unlocked so it's not like okay no if i want to use this one ability i have to use this one uh spider-man suit because to be honest like i kind of had my spider-man suit picked really early that i just liked and it kind of connected me with him and uh, but it was really really cool and fun the uh, being able to do that and it was it was a long game like to me it was like a 35 40 hour game and i didn't wind up doing everything in the game yet but i definitely wanted to i just i uh, you know i i kind of wanted to have to move on to the ne- the next thing in order to uh get a little bit more uh, games in if i yeah, can yeah the big selling point like but, it was a uh, sorry not to interrupt you no, uh, no, go. you're not interrupting. That's what this is about. Well, no, it's like, <laughs> so the original, like the place, they had a PlayStation One Spider-Man game, and yeah. I loved that game because it had so many different kinds of gameplay. And then you, uh, you, you, you coupled that with they had the Spider-Man movie game for PlayStation Two, uh-huh. which was actually a lot of fun mm-hmm. because it actually was the best kind of 
it gave you a better sense of uh, swinging around an open world area. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think I've heard that that Spider-Man Two game was like the best one we've had since this, this right. new one. So came then out, when this came is... out, it coupled it, it it put the best of both worlds, like just all kinds of gameplay, mm-hmm. and then just the uh, the exploration and the feel of swinging around. Like you felt like you were Spider-Man, and like I thought that was so awesome. Well, I think what the studio did right was they made this Spider-Man their own. It's not Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. It's not uh, with the uh, MCU Tom Holland Spider-Man. This is a Spider-Man story that is designed and crafted by the t- the the team that uh, made oh, this. Oh yeah, completely game. agree. I completely think, agree. I think it really adds to it that it's not beholden to some other franchise or other. Uh, creator and it really is because you know we've all played those or seen those really cheesy cash cow licensed games that come out that are about like a the movie that sucks just downright they're not good games i mean they're poorly made and they they're just bad but uh it's really nice to see that there's a superhero game that is uh a good game and it makes you feel like uh, like a superhero and the one like Spider-Man feels like you would want Spider-Man to feel, right. and he's a badass, and he's got all these cool tricks to use. And fi- the fighting is fighting is Batman Arkham-esque, which I mean, you, you can't get much better than that in in these types of games. To be honest, it's almost perfected at this point from uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. But I love that game. If you have a chance, get it, uh, or you can wait until the game of the year version comes out with like the extra stories and the new costumes that. Uh, released in the post-release of the DLC and stuff. <laughs> but I loved it. Uh, try and get to it if you can. Uh, so let's move on. Let's come back to you, Christian. Uh, you had mentioned Witcher 3. Yeah, so and I was late catching up to the whole Witcher 3 uh, craze. Uh, you know, like I, I, I heard everyone talking about it and talking it up. And I'm like, all right, I got all these games to play. And I'm like, uh, I know Witcher 3 is going to take me forever. Not in a bad way, mm. but when I finally finally it's decided, definitely a commitment. It's definitely a commitment, and when I finally started to play it, uh, I just, I was hooked from the from the get go because uh, they 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 set up the world perfectly. Even though it's part three, and I've never played any other Witcher game, yeah, I didn't, okay. I didn't you know really what's going yeah. on. Yeah, they yeah. they they set up the world and they set up the, the the voice acting was great, the pacing, the story. I mean, it really it really hooked you from the get go. So. Well, I I think it had like a a really strong opening too. Like I just like the the opening area like really added stuff. You kind of got to feel what like the Witcher was like in a much contained area. And that area, that starting area was huge. And when it opens up, it's like holy shit! There's this much more game to yes. play. Uh, I was pretty. Now, did you did you get like the game of the year and play like any of the like side stuff or was it pretty much just, this, yeah, I got, uh, I main... bought the game of the year edition and uh, with the expansion packs, of course the expansion packs, they tell you it's cool because they tell you the, the recommended levels uh, to, to, to play, to oh, play okay. the expansion areas and expansion packs. Mm-hmm. And me, like I love leveling up. So I love just like exploring and then mm-hmm. getting my character built up as much as I can to, to get to the, the new levels and with relative ease. Um, so yeah, the expansion packs I played. I just beat the first one, which is uh, Heart of, Hearts of Stone. Okay. And it was very. I mean, they. I thought it was gonna be like this really quick, really quick, like thirty minute, two hour at the most uh, expansion mm-hmm. pack. And it's been. It took me almost almost four four hours to get through it. So. 
Oh, well, yeah, like, I definitely had heard, like, because these are all, I think the first one, the Heart of Stone, is, is something that's very supplemental to the original game, or the Witcher 3, but, like, uh, what's the other one called, like, Blood, the Blood Throne or something like that? Blood, Blood and Wine? Wine. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a straight up, like, 40-hour game, too. Like, it's very, like, meaty as well, and it's actually a standalone you could you could purchase it alone as right well. right and that's uh, why i yeah. didn't know what to do like i was like should i beat the game and then go to the expansion <laughs> yeah. packs and i'm like you know i'm gonna do the expansion packs first and then finish the game and you know that's so i thought i was gonna be like done with the game by by the end of this week it might take me an additional week now <laughs> nice now christian are you, are you aware of cyberpunk 2077 yes that's i'm uh, definitely looking forward cannot wait because i um i don't know if you guys i don't know if you guys ever played um shadow run yeah either either as a tabletop uh D D S game or or they had all of the some, above oh, okay yeah i love Super nintendo shadow one was awesome i read the books i did everything yeah so like so so seeing that 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 uh cd project red was doing this yes it has me very excited for it too yeah i'm pretty amazed like i definitely I, i've never been like a big cyberpunk guy but with the backing of CD Project Red and what they've done with this Witcher series, which was, you know, in its home country was like super popular, but nobody knew about it pretty much outside right. of it. Uh, and they just blew it up into this huge franchise that makes, you know, everybody loves The Witcher 3 now. I mean, it, it's got, you know, nines and tens all across the board. And, uh, I'm really excited to see what they do next, and especially with this uh, cyberpunk. Yeah, game. and that's the thing. Like, um, I remember when you guys were talking to Heidi; she was talking about like, story. Story was like one of her main things, if not the main thing, for playing any kind of game. And you know, they everyone talks about how this game has an amazing story, or that game has an amazing story. But when I played this game, and and just seeing they they, they give every character you know, a time, like, like their moment to shine and they give them their own yeah. personality and everything. And everyone seems very <laughs> built in. So you just, you're, you're, yeah. you're drawn into it. And, and that's, that's something that you don't get as, as often as, as you should for video games. So, yeah. Well, I definitely love like the world in Witcher three. I mean, uh, just everybody's an asshole or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that everybody's an asshole, but like, it's not like a clear cut. Like you are very much this outsider coming in and, like there's no good choices for the most part there is like a pro and con to everything even like i pretty much played like the a lot of the first area where i dealt with like the parent the the bloody baron and stuff and uh i i to me the game wound up being like this huge open world rpg that was added to like one of the great like card games uh, that I've played, so yeah, because I got into Gwent and I got into Gwent hard. <laughs> oh yeah, like I I wanted doing up to the tournament. Like I went all around like to, to fight everybody. I collected almost all the cards. That's and, the one thing. And right after, oh no, sorry, that's the one thing one I thing. didn't do for any of the, any uh, the entire time I played. Every time there was like a, a card uh, game, I'm like, okay, skip this one. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, you, yeah. I, I can't blame you because it was like super addicting and just card games in general. I'm always looking for like a really good card game, but I mean for such a huge game that they added so much, and then inside of it they also had this super fun uh, card game that was unique to anything I'd ever played yeah. before. And like I know, and I tried playing it like uh, the client, the the separate game release, and it's still fun, but. Man, I got hooked so hard. Man. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it was bad. Uh, I was expecting Geralt to pull, put push up his uh, 
glasses as well and you know drink drink some kind of uh, mutant gin that just makes him uh all nasally and, and really get into the cards <laughs> well i mean like okay so I, I i could definitely understand it because i remember remember what was it tetra tetra um yeah yeah tetra masters in uh final fantasy, yeah, final fantasy uh, nine so i was yeah. like oh my god like i need to get all this i need to beat it i need to get all these cards and and get all this stuff and I definitely get it. I definitely get how the card game, and you have to give credit for having to making a card a card game in a video game that appealing that you want to play the card game and not the video game. So mm-hmm. I just decided to clear away because I already had enough to do in Witcher Three. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. Uh, but so I had, like I said, I had talked about another game, but we're running a little late, so I think we're gonna kind of end the whole games talk now. I I, I know I had had uh, Christian play the devil may cry demo uh i guess we're gonna i guess we can do a quick hot take on it did you like it or what did you think All about right, yeah, it yeah quick like, two minute thing is that I, it, it definitely yeah. back to like uh devil may cry for playstation so nice. original so I, I was all for that um that's the pro uh the con the, okay. the con is i didn't i wasn't into the the character i wasn't into the person you played you know so so, who did you play uh, it's like, as? I don't I don't know. Like the, he he has the main character. It's not it's not Dante. It's not Dante. I don't know if it's okay. like a Dante's kid or step kid or whatever. But he's got like a rocket arm for black. Okay, for, so was he, was he the other one with silver yes. hair? Yes, yeah, that is a main character. Okay, so he's the main character, I guess, in this yeah. game. Because um, yeah. I, I did I've only played Devil May Cry one and two, and then I haven't played anything until yeah. until now. Um, Before got like super right. weird. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean weird for a Capcom for, for, Capcom, for a Devil May Cry yes. game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the, the pros are like the gameplay brought me back to that. It's, th- it's all about style, which is also always a good thing when you're playing that kind of game. Um, I'm just gonna kind of ignore the the character, the actor, I guess, and just yeah. uh, if I was gonna if, if I get the game, no. gameplay. Well, you don't know, think about demos is like I found like well the anthem too, which is kind of unfair to the game. Like it, you may not get to play it from the actual beginning of the game, which right that's gives true. you that's time true. to like set up the character and for you to connect to the character like develop that appreciation for the character uh i i felt mm-hmm. like a, i felt like that about the anthem uh, demo where i'm just kind of throwing there i'm level 10 and i'm talking to these characters in the city and they're like meaningless to me i'm like this is you know kind of sucks not playing from the beginning so. yeah and and again and like you said because it is the demo you didn't get like because i know in in the devil may uh, devil may cry five you do play as three characters one is dante another one is that silver haired guy which i think his name is nero which he was introduced in like i think four uh three or four and then there's this new guy that like his whole attack powers is he summons like demons and stuff yeah that, that the whole yeah the very and so i am curious to see if like it's one of those things where you play as one of them uh through like segments like say this chapter you play as this guy and then it switches to the other like guy or if you kind of like have all three of them you can swap in between them depending on which play style you like Uh, and i hope you can do that because i definitely was like a a dante Dante, fan uh, for the most part because you know i you know i i pretty much played i played the first one i loved the first Mm -hmm. one i was really bad at it i don't think i got anything above like a what like a c class or something oh i I got the s man it's all about the s I can't, I cannot do that. I just I don't have the uh I, again, I think those games are almost like rhythm games in a way. Like they're fighting games too. Like it's just you have all these button combos to really be able to uh rack up those high scores and I've just never been able to do it. 
but they're also like really fun to play. I mean, because you pretty much every ability you do looks cool, and the way he that that uh, bravado the, the main characters usually have when they're killing all these demons is uh, really right. Cool. Devil May Cry has always been and, about style, and and this this carries yeah. through with it. That it definitely no. was a fun game. So I'll, I I would recommend checking out the demo and and, and seeing how it feels. Were you surprised by it? Were you like you know pretty much okay? This is Devil May Cry. That's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, or? I was yeah. It wasn't it was just like oh my god game that i'm playing right now it, it was <laughs> yeah this isn't yeah it was it was definitely a devil may cry game and, and that was in, in the in the, the best sense of the word so yeah i would recommend well sounds good man uh thank you for playing it and uh I, who knows i might get it too i think it comes out march 8th and basically if you like the prior devil may cries if you like that crazy action like this uh, devil may cry and uh, bayonetta then you'll definitely uh yeah, dig definitely. this um i would i would agree with that so. That's great. Uh, so let's finally get into our main topic of discussion this week. I know we're uh, a little bit tight on time. So. All right, everyone, check your equipment, restock those potions, and load up on magic scrolls because it's time for the main quest. So Anthem just released this huge patch for uh, their game that's been out in like the uh, EA Access premiere on computer. Uh, PC right now yeah. or Origin Access Premiere. So the game got released by all intensive purposes so these people can play it and the game is almost broken yeah. pretty badly when it first got released. Yeah. So that brought me into wanting to discuss like releasing games, is it worth it or do you prefer to buy a game when it first comes out or waiting and the pros and cons of of that and how the industry is how where you think the industry is headed or if it even matters what we think in, in general. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, you know, unfortunately, what you just described, I think people are getting so jaded to it. Like, yes, there's some outrage. Like, you know, the original reaction is like, how could they? You know, I pay full price for this game and it's mm-hmm. not ready. But, I mean, it's happened so many times now that it's kind of the norm. Like, people... I've heard people say before, like, oh, you know, it's released. Like, you know, like for multiplayer, yeah. like MMOs, whatever, you've played in the past. So like, oh, you know, it's release day. It's patch day, whatever. It's going to suck, you know, um, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of unfortunate. Um, really, like what it boils down to as consumers, right? Like as I was talking yeah. here is whether or not it's worth it to buy on that first day or is it better just to save your money and, buy it eventually you know when it's on sale or like you said earlier like when there's a game of the year edition or when it comes out to a different console that you may have that has like additional content and stuff yeah um you know like so when you guys were talking about game i mean a game of the year edition definitely for sure uh whenever whenever a new game comes out that i get really excited about last one being um the resident evil 2 remake I was so pumped and I'm still really pumped about it. And then I already started reading about like, oh, there might be some additional levels or costumes or something like that, you know, coming down the, coming down the line. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Like I could, I could wait, I could wait. I want to play it. I want to play it so badly, but knowing that I have other games I could play right now, it definitely helps me uh, wait until those game of the year editions. Like Witcher 3 is the best, best example. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll play all of Witcher three and not being like, oh my god, there's more that I I have to buy now. So, you know, yeah, and, and definitely because especially uh, 
like in the case of I guess we had talked about in an earlier episode of like DLC and if it adds to the game and and that is part of this whole like buy and uh, on release thing like because or if you keep it because nowadays like remember when we used to get games like in the Super NES era or NES or uh, I want I want to say as late as like uh, PS. I think PS3 is when it really started getting those updates on like day one patches and stuff where you would get a game and it was the whole game and you would, you know, take off from work that day or for whatever reason, you were super pumped to play it and you got to play it. Like you had that whole game. And I mean, that was, I think that's something like older gamers really uh, remiss about because you know, we just love that. That's that whole nostalgia. And, but that's also, I think in a way we should be able to play games right. like that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, nowadays when, when a game comes out, you're lucky if it works right. You have usually have like a huge, uh, day one patch or <clears throat> even right now, like games that are online, like say, uh, fallout 76 or Anthem, uh, in general. I mean, they come out and they're just broken. Like, like they couldn't get the, the uh, QAs, uh, QC uh, people to just get all the bugs out, or not even bugs out, but you know, crashing games on release. I mean, that to me is like unacceptable, and I I just hate that. Like in nowadays, yeah, I mean, you know, there's two things to consider here. One is, um, the 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 numbers at the end of the day, uh, yeah. They tell the developers that, yep, no problem. You know, like people go on YouTube and they go on Twitter and they go on, mm. and they complain about it. But before every single one of those complaints is from somebody that already bought the game. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the company is still making millions and millions of dollars. And what ends up happening is some of those people make a jaded playing the game. But then what do you have? Like you have basically the setup for like a winning story. Like what's going to come out in the news in like a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you know, how like re-reviews or second looks, like how this game has been improved. They're like, oh, like perfect yeah. example to tell you is um, the space uh, simulator game, uh, No Man's Sky, right? No Man's Sky was like, oh, yeah, no I, Sky. yeah, it came out and it was like trash, right? Like a huge disappointment. Um, and it's a huge game right now. Like it, they released uh, several expansions now. Like actually, I think actually two expansions, but like several updates. Uh, and there, there were there was like a plethora of like articles about how like amazing it is now. So like from from like the commercial perspective, these companies they don't have a motivation to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in QAQC because it's a win win scenario. Like they're They've got the hype. They'll release the broken product. People will complain about it. They'll bias to complain about it. And then all they have to do is keep working it, like update it. And like that's going, that's going to attract, like the updates are going to attract more customers than the complaints are going to some people away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah. as long as us as gamers keep kind of being suckers and like playing the game <laughs> yeah. and buying the games. Uh, this is not going to change, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess I just I, 
I lament, you know, being able to just buy a game. And, and like I said, like, even games that are really well done, like you say, like, you know, Witcher 3, I mean, that that really didn't have pretty much any problems early on. Dragon Quest Eleven, we I had mentioned before about it being on Switch, uh, PS4, and by all extensive purposes, it got, like, great reviews. It is a long, meaty, 100-hour RPG, but as soon as I saw that they were adding new stuff yeah. after I had already bought it, I'm like, man, I feel like I feel like I wasted my money. And, and I don't know if that's... I, I should feel that way I, because, I mean, it's still a great game. It still has a lot of stuff in it, but at the same time, it's that whole... Uh, fear of missing out or I don't even know if it's a fear of missing out but it's like well it's not a good feeling uh, right? I, like I, you, you yeah. pay the same for the game and basically you're getting less less content especially if especially if say they don't up, like if they don't update like my version that I paid 60 bucks for uh, a year earlier and they don't add that new stuff like I, I think that's that's a problem right. but like I get it like you know, you have all, all these games now that they just have to get released. I mean, they are, they spend millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars to make these games nowadays. I mean, they're not the like 10 person teams that can make the, the pixel uh, you know, SNES graphics or anything. I mean, it takes huge teams and a lot yeah, of resources, uh, money to yeah. make them. So they need to find ways, but I feel like they are, there's going to be a breaking point where people are just going to get fed up with this because and maybe they won't but like yet you, you saw battlefield uh have that horrendous release of uh like the uh the game was broken at launch you know all the like uh loot boxes for mm-hmm. uh the game you're know, trying to monetize monetize it uh and just things broken and then you hear like halo collector's edition or master chief edition or whatever it's called uh that was released and Three years later, they are still trying to fix that yeah. game. Like it's it's ridiculous. And at what point do we? Is it acceptable or not acceptable to uh, do that? Or even if we do, we have a choice. Because what's the alternative? Do we just not get games anymore because they, the companies lose too much money trying to develop them that they just don't they don't don't bother anymore? Yeah. I mean, here's, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. No. Well, I mean, what I, the way I, th- I the way I think about it is just like we, you know, we you 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 actually sold the point. Like, no matter what, people are buying the games, you know. Um, I and the 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 only the only thing for us for gamers like us is that we want to play the games right away. But we know it. Everyone knows it at this point. There's going to be a patch. There's going to be a special edition, a game of the year edition. You know, yeah. it's just more like do we make that personal choice of you know, waiting the extra three months, six months, maybe even a year to get the complete game? Or yeah. mm-hmm. do we, you know, bite our bite our lip and be like, all right, I guess I gotta pay for for a season pass or I gotta pay for the yeah. new the new expansion or whatever the case may be. Um yeah, but you're right though, developers, they they're they're just like, you know what, people are buying it. People are buying the the original, people are buying the special edition, people are buying every update that we have every update yeah, we have so you know yeah there's no reason to change their 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 uh, their model their business model. yeah and if you think about it like the for what the gaming industry has I'm because i'm sorry you broke you broke out for just a second oh sorry can you hear me now i can catch that yeah okay. anyway so I was, I was saying 
the movie industry would kill for what the gaming industry has, which is, think about it, you know, you're making a movie, right? It has, like, similar constraints than the game. You know, it needs to be done. It needs to be done on budget and on schedule. And when the movie comes out, if it's shit, what happens? It gets <laughs> shit reviews, and then nobody goes to watch it, right? Right. So, like, yeah. the best they can do is eventually like, release, like, release earlier on DVD or come out with, like, deals, put it, sell it to Netflix, whatever. But video game makers, they get to say, okay, well... I guess it was shit, but we have like a second and a third and a fourth chance to like patch this thing. You know, like, can you imagine if movies could do that? Like, movies can go, we're going to patch this movie. Yeah. I, and it's really and, and, a way, and sometimes they do do that with a uh, like director's cut. cut, but it isn't exactly like apples to oranges because of the fact of like, the time commitment to make like like you can make a movie in anywhere between I mean a couple of days to like you know six months where for the most part games are going to be like multi-year things so uh you can't really I, I don't think you can like super compare those two things in that way but I do get what you're talking about as far as you know once a movie is out it has to be right or short of like a director's cut or anything it's just it's not it's gonna bomb like yeah. it's it's very hard for a game or a movie to become a sleeper hit yeah but nowadays i think it's a lot easier for games in that way to do that but they also i feel like in order for them to survive and for companies to make money they have to like they have to be able to uh fix problems and and uh improve their game or add things just because because really it's whole started with uh one couple things one they needed to uh make make more money because games were getting more expensive but it's also to try and have people retain their games so places like gamestop are not secondhand selling them where they wind up not getting any profit from that again so yeah. i don't know yeah uh, uh, a couple of things i was going to say is um, one for, um, for, for like, for, for the list of games that you have out. One advantage that I feel like we have today is that there are so many games in so many different systems mm -hmm. that like, there may be a game and I'll give you like uh, another example, pillars of eternity, dead fire. Right. I played yeah. the first one and I absolutely loved it. It was like the first game since Baldur's Gate 2 that I like chewed up, I played from the beginning to end, I did like all the side quests, everything, I loved it. Um, and when the second one came out, I was like, okay, I wanna play it, but I'm in no hurry to play it because I have like 19 other games that I play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my backlog is so large. So for me, like games that I must have, least very few between. Like, and, you know, it, like also my back burner is maturing, meaning, the games that I'm waiting to play, they're having more content release. They're getting updates, so like yeah. they're getting better and better and better. So, I for I don't remember the last time I bought a game on release. Uh, actually, I can probably safely say it was probably Skyrim when it came out for the PC. Uh, and again, like of all the games I think coming out, we already talked about Cyberpunk 2077. It's probably. Yeah. A game that I will, I don't care how bad it is or how buggy it is, like I will buy it on day one, you know, or day zero if I can, like midnight release. Um, yeah, but aside from those like far and few between games that I really mean a lot to you, and you're just you know, like 
super stoked for. Like, I don't see the point in buy games on release day anymore. Like, I really don't. Yeah, and me, I, I, I agree with you uh, on a lot of that. Like, I don't see the point. Again, like, I, we're all, we all have our our fandoms and games that it's it's like you said it's pretty much even before you you heard about a game and you're like I'm gonna buy that yeah. game one short short of like a uh, catastrophic reviews yeah. or previews or anything you're like okay even if it's like you see it's getting sevens it's like I don't yeah. care I know I've got to play this yeah. game uh, just like that's kind of how like I was with like uh, Mass Effect Andromeda I had heard things about it. Uh, they weren't well received, but I was like, I can't, I have to buy it. There, yeah. There's no, no choice in it. Or like Anthem, like Anthem is not really my type of game, but it's Bioware. They're coming back from Andromeda. <laughs> I want to see what they're doing. So even though it's not my type of game so much, I still want to get it and I want to get it as soon as released. I, I, I'm not going to probably buy it like day one, but within the next couple of weeks, I want to do that. And it's not just because. I want to play it, but I want to play it with you guys. And we had kind of already talked about trying to find some kind of game to play, uh, you yeah. know, shared. Like either either it's that, or you know, it, at some time you guys come over, or when you guys come up to visit you and Heidi, we could play like Smash Brothers. Because I do feel like as we've gotten older, we've missed missed yeah, that definitely. But I think that's a little that's a little off topic. <laughs> uh, but uh, so. And I think it's okay to buy, like. I like buying games new if on certain conditions because most of the time now they they do tell you what their their release schedule is going to be as far as like uh, post uh, like post release and what they want to do to increase the longevity of a game. And a lot of companies are doing that. Like uh, when I heard that Resident Evil Two was going to release a you know those side stories, those extra pants. I was like, "Oh crap!" Well, I I might as well just wait till I get that right. thing. But then I found out, and this is how, why I, I I think it's okay to buy like a game like that. First off, you have to be well informed, like on the games that you're going to play before you make a purchase. And I'm saying nobody should really blindly buy a game without knowing what's what's going to happen around it. I mean, I've done it before, and I've been burnt before, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, like with Resident Evil, those three side stories are not tied to the main game. They are side stories. So if something is tied to the game, and this is what I absolutely hate, when a game is released and they they add content to it, but that content is attached into the middle of the game as opposed to like either a side thing or at the end of the game after you've rolled credits. Because that means I, they're basically having something in unless I have a save at that point that I have like in the middle of the game which I, I rarely do I mean once I play a game I play it like I'm done I, it's very rare I'll go through it again now they have all this co- extra content in the middle of the game that I'm not going to see because right. why would I over. play a game again yeah. 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 but but if it's something like they want to add like an epilogue or like a side story then I am like totally for that in a game and I would feel like it's justifiable to buy a game or like Anthem Anthem and Division Two. Like I'm really excited about Division yeah, Two. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Christian, you had played a lot of the first, oh, yeah, I beat one, the first one, or at least I the story. The oh, you did. Didn't yeah. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Division Two comes out like I think March 8th as well. Like I, I've really been trying to decide between that and Anthem. I'm definitely Anthem. Just like that's okay. Yeah. I'll cons- I'll, I'm considering it. Then I'll release. Yeah. 
You know what? Like I know we were talking yeah. about that not to get off. But I know we were talking about play, but if we all had division, I would. I would. I know. Yeah, and I that. totally, I will totally play division over anthem. So uh, I really, yeah, yeah. Really. I think. Well, in that case, like I don't. We'll have to talk to Heidi. <laughs> She's going to get anthem gonna anyways. Get anthem yeah. But. Yeah, so we're not going to be able to stop her pulling that trigger. But I mean, I'm I'm going to get Anthem too because I want to play the story and I I want to see how it right. all ties in. But I I am fortunate enough to play on PC. I can play it on PC and I can just buy like a like a fifteen dollar pass on uh, for a month subscription of like PC Origin and I can get all EA access games for free to play just all of them brand new releases and everything else so i can play that game without having a big time investment or like a financial right. investment while we play like division because division was like a great story and <clears throat> it's interesting but even that game when that came out like if you played it in the beginning once you played the story it just kind of like yeah. ends like it left a lot of threads and then they they promised to have those threads throughout the life of Division One, but because it was there were so many problems with the original Division that they had a for even like the first like eight months they put all expansion plans back to just fix the problems of of the original game right. that they had. Uh, and again, so in a way, you can say. You, you get burned by the original one and now the second one is going to be like the second one looks fucking amazing like it, it takes place in Washington D.C. your main base is going to be Washington D.C. and there is going to have that like end game loop that you know me and Andre had talked about in like these live service games in uh, last last week's podcast with WoW that the that the end game is going to really be robust there's going to be like a raid uh, and there's going to be a, like a whole level like classes unlock at that high level in division, but it's all about like that post post release uh, content, and, and they're doing it right. They're adding to the game towards the end as opposed to in the middle, which burns the shit out of me. Like I just don't like it, and it 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 frustrates me. And I feel like games like this, where you know a game of the year edition comes out. Honestly, if you can, none of us, I mean, we all should be playing games that came out like 30 years ago. Because at times, not only is it a game of year edition, it has all the content that, you know, on day one release, say if you bought a game for 60 bucks, typically you'll get a season pass or they individually drop this DLC for anywhere between 10 to $30. So you could be spending $160 on one game as it releases or if you wait a year year and a half you wind up spending a quarter of that because you can either get it on sale on like a playstation store or here so yeah i if if you can't hold out and you really could it's just a matter of does anybody have the willpower when they like the shit yeah. they like? <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean yeah that's what it comes down yeah, to the big uh, test for me was resident evil i love resident evil yeah, so I, much i like I was surprised you yeah. didn't get it. Like, but Good but also you. like still like <laughs> even Trust still me, like, day by day. And, like, like today I'll be like, yeah, they're saying don't do it, so I'm good. And then tomorrow I'll see like Leon shooting the nemesis, and I'll be like, yeah, oh, not nemesis, but, uh, Mr. X. Yeah, yeah, and it just it kind of like it kind of zooms in into your brain where those neurons are firing of like what you remember of the game and really wanting to play it and just. I get that too. Like instant I, gratification, I, I, man. Instant gratification. It's horrible. So, I, I think we kind of all agree. Like it's pretty much like 
buyer beware with these you know new games like if you want to get it like people i'm glad people buy new games games new because that means companies are going to make games still <laughs> like and not go out of business yeah. but if you can try you know there's plenty of other options in order to play a lot of great games and you know and there's also something to be said about people wanting to play games new to be in like because you know it's the hot shit everybody's yeah. talking about yeah. so wanting to be part of that conversation and uh at some point, I'd like to be part of that conversation with us. Maybe if we can get games to play release dates just so we can talk about them and preview. But for now, I mean, we we have, what, tw- for almost 25 years of experience of playing games that we uh, we have a lot of stuff That's we can right. cover without having to play like the brand you new You put that game. together, there's 100 years of video game experience <laughs> that we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's pretty much what I had to say. Do you guys have any final thoughts on the the matter? I mean, I, I don't. I think we covered it. And I think it's kind of a personal. Obviously, it's a personal decision. Yeah, and like, it depends on you know everybody's schedules and stuff. Yeah, and, and and I don't think any of us are saying that. Okay, you're a sucker yeah, for buying no, new games or anything like that. Yeah. Like. Again, like I buy, and if you have fun with the game, that's all that matters. If you feel like it, it was worth it, and you know you had a great ten-hour, forty-hour experience, and you were happy about it, uh, then I'm happy for you. I'm happy you <laughs> like it. So, yep. just just be cautious when you, you just be aware of what you're purchasing. Don't ever like you know do a last minute thing just try and really do a little bit of research if you can and if you need that if you if you guys have a game that uh you're not sure about and you want to you want us to kind of review it or give you our takes on it before you uh you purchase it let us know uh you can do that by sending uh email at sidescrolls.com or side sorry sidescrolls at gmail.com or uh tweet us at side scroll at side scrolls pod uh, oh no, hashtag sidescrolls.pop. I'm really bad at this social <laughs> yeah. media shit. If you guys don't know, sorry. But uh, yeah, if you can, uh, Christian, I really appreciate you coming out here. I hope you had oh, a yeah, good it was time. Awesome. It was uh, awesome. And uh, definitely want to bring you back for many more episodes. Yep. Uh, I know. It uh, looks like we're, we're getting about that 1030 mark. Uh, so I, I was able to keep it concise a, a little bit this week. Uh, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun with you guys. And uh I can't wait to do it again, but yeah, uh, thanks for, I guess thanks that's for having it. Me, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. And, uh, no yeah, problem. Great time. Anytime. All right, everybody. So uh, we'll see you all next week. Right. Bye. What are we gonna? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. When are we gonna do another cold <laughs> opening? Yeah, we should in the future. You could always do it. I mean, I always like like the. You could always do like a blooper thing at the end. Not blooper, but like a oh, like a funny. what do you call? Yeah. Outtakes. <laughs>